Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Exactly. The same way that man in Jesus' parable was unashamed and bold for a friend, we should be the same towards God. Hello. We will first like to start off today's podcast by giving a warm welcome to all of our listeners. Welcome to The Truth of the Matter Is. This is episode number 28. I'm your host, Daniel. And of course, I'm here with Jonathan. We hope everyone is doing well and taking one day at a time. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Yep, absolutely. It's my understanding that you have a story for the people today. Yes, I actually do. Well, you know, don't be shy. Come on, come fill us in. What's up, man? Yeah, so this week, you know, I had a personal experience. It was mind-blowing, mesmerizing, and one that I won't ever forget. All at the same time? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I actually went to the doctor, had a doctor's appointment. Turned out that everything was good. Didn't need to make any adjustments. Everything was good. But I had this weird feeling, and as I was heading home, I had this desire to say, you know, I need to go back and start doing some more running. You know, over the years, I've sort of stopped, didn't really do it that much anymore. I've actually been doing more interval training than running, but it was something about running that I felt was a good form of exercise. You know, it incorporates the whole body, gets the blood pumping. And I had a desire to say, you know, I should commit to this at least three times a week. So I persisted with that mentality and I went home, got changed, and I went out there. You know, we're in December now, so it should be getting cold. But, you know, with this bipolar weather, things are consistently changing. But about 55 degrees. Said I went out there and I started thinking, you know, what do I normally do? So normally I would, you know, do a couple of laps for warm up. And we have a soccer field slash football field. And I remember during my days of playing football, I would do 100 yard sprints. I would do 120 yard sprints. So I normally would do 10 100 yard sprints or 16. 100 yard sprints and usually that adds up to about a mile and you know I'm running about 70-80% speed and when I got out there and I got to around 5-6 I realized that I started getting a pain in my lower back to the right side but I press forward usually you know as athletes we go through those things every now and then it doesn't hurt as much but I noticed that when I was done it was a struggle to get home 
they ain't picking, they ain't paying no mind. Something that I figured, you know, I've been used to. Went to the bank, did my, did my normal thing, got prepared, left out to work. And it wasn't until towards the end of the night, I realized that I couldn't sit straight up in my chair in a car. I was experiencing a lot of pain. I adjusted to the left, to the right, still a lot of pain. Got home, and I was having issues walking. You know, so I used some Tiger Bomb and some Icy Hot. Laid down, woke up, stiff, couldn't move. And I went through this, this experience for two days where I was extremely discomfortable. On my right side, it was almost like the nerve was so irritated or inflamed to the point that when I would lean to my left, it felt a pulse going on. And, you know, a regular heart rate, a heart rate when it beats fast, that's how it felt. When I laid on it, it was issues with me trying to breathe. So, you know, I dealt with this hours at a time, and it was an extremely painful experience. So. The reason why I share this is because after the two days of taking Motrin and Tylenol and laying there, I realized that there are some people out there that, you know, take walking for granted, being able to get up for granted, being able to do the little things for granted. And through that experience, I realized that my mom knew exactly what I was going through. And she goes through a lot of different things with her illness. And me being an athletic person in general, I haven't ex- had too many experiences like that. When I couldn't get up, I couldn't move around, and I had to be subject to the bed. So I just wanted to share it because it went through my mind how painful it was. And even though it was two days, it felt like a very long time. One of those days, I had to go up and get time off in the store, and it felt like the longest walk of my life. So. During this process, it was just me realizing that now that I can freely get up and move on my own accord, you know, I can't help but realize that walking is a gift. Having free range of motion is a gift. Being able to move around freely without assistance is a gift. And, you know, it was just something that I didn't expect to happen. I didn't think what happened, but it did. And I learned from it. And that's what I wanted to share. Any thoughts? Oh, yeah. Doms would do that to you. I've had a, a very similar experience. And ironically enough, it came after doing a jog. I didn't do any sprints, but I was I was running. And then um, after the run, I went in and I did a... Uh, App exercise, right? And I was doing all this in the summer of last year. I was in the park. And then uh, I remember I had down so bad that I couldn't. It was in my hip flexors, especially because I have really tight hip flexors. I couldn't even uh, really get out of the bed. I even had to call out of work. It was so bad. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, Doms would do that. For anybody who don't know what Doms is, it's delay. Um, muscle soreness it's when you overuse a muscle or you do like kind of like a 
extreme physical activity and you kind of push yourself too far, then you, you'll get the same thing. But, um, yeah, movement and just being able to um live your life the normal way that you do, that is never something to take for granted. So, good story for the people, Jonathan. Yeah. So, I'm good now. I'm happy now. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful now. But that that was like it, and you know an excruciating amount of pain, excruciating amount of pain. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's so bad too. You can't even like when you say you can't even sleep in comfort. It's like yeah, yeah. It was just like yo, I try my well. left, I try my right, I try my back, I try my stomach. What can I do? It was so frustrating. I was like talking to myself, like, what can I do here? <laughs> but, I was surprised you. Was, I was surprised you were able to walk to the store. I couldn't the even second, sit up. <laughs> yeah, the second day, I forced it. I was like, we're going to do this. And it was the longest walk of my life. And I was carrying bags in my hands, so the weight didn't help, you know. Mm. So I just felt like sharing that. So I forgot, as you get older, you know, you can't do what you used to do anymore. <laughs> not it, it's not as easy as, you know, I got to that realization quickly. Still in so, your 20s, by the way. Yeah, but still, you know, reaching 30, so. That's when things start to tell you, nah, that's enough for you're, you, you know, you're overworking me. This is where I need you to give me a break. So please, people out there, exercise responsibly, you know, use caution and be wise with your decision making. Never do it to did a Did you point. stretch before you did it? Yes, I did. I did active stretching. I, I, yeah. I did a jog. <laughs> I did everything that just, I felt I needed to do. It just, yeah. it just, uh, you know what it is too? You used to do all the sprints and stuff when you were like, not to say you don't exercise regularly, but running, I always say running is a different type of, you need to be in a different type of shape for that. Yeah. Like, even if you like ride bikes and everything else, this something about that running. Yeah. (laughs) That pavement. Requires a different level of strength. That pavement feel running where your joints are constantly smashing against the pressure that's underneath you. And if you, do too much too early, you push yourself too much, it's gonna be a payback. Yeah. So absolutely. So yeah. Every now and then we share, you know, little stories from our personal lives and give advice to people out there. So this week, cool. don't overdo running. <laughs> yes, yes, I won't. I promise. When I get All I'm right. thinking wisely how I'm gonna get back thinking about it. I, I got some advice for you off of. All right, cool. Um, okay. All right. Prayer? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Everybody bow your heads. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you humbly and openly today. We just want to thank you for all that you've done and that you continue to do. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And we ask for guidance and direction, not only for today, but for the entire week. Provide a way for us to better know your word and let us know the details matter because once we have comprehended those details, we believe we will begin to understand your bigger picture. We ask that we continue to look for better relationships not only with you but with our others as well and to open up our eyes to see, our eyes to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand. We say these things in full confidence in who you are, in Jesus' name we say, Amen. 
Amen. So today we're going to talk about how you can develop your relationship with God better. With that, there are two things that need to happen, which we will get into. So how you can develop your relationship with God is sort of an extension to something we did on the second episode, which was, you know, God wants a relationship, not a religion. Okay. Mm-hmm. As usual, we will read God's word, and out of it is where the topic is developed. So let's get started. So we're going to start again out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 5 through 13. Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, do me a favor and lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose that the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't give up and get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he would not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who acts receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So the first half of this text is about being vulnerable, right? About being vulnerable. The type of vulnerability that has you looking weak for the sake of a friend who needs help. Obviously, what's on display here is that they both, not they both, but what's on display here is they must have came with a shameless audacity, right? I find the terminology that's being used here to be interesting, right? So sometimes in a biblical text or any text for that matter, you know, I personally like to ask myself questions as I begin to, you know, make sense out of the text. You know, I want to make sense out of it. So I sometimes personalize it. I pause. I gather my thoughts. You know, and I have questions. Right? There, so there was an act of being unashamed. And yet, there was an act of being bold. Again, there's unashamedness. And yet, boldness. Right? Interesting combination. Now that we have that man was unashamed and yet bold Jesus then informs us with the line of thinking which we've heard various times on this podcast right something that should be familiar to you because I've always mentioned what that verse is and it has a lot to do with the way you approach the throne of glory right to God if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will be open to you, right? That's the whole point of your approach to God, right? The vulnerability. 
that you have, right? So it's important that we sort of review the fact that we've always gone to this text, but I also thought it was essential reading in the Gospel of Luke how it connects to the given scenario that Jesus provides, right? He gives an example. The only difference is I've always mentioned that in regards to the things that I feel as it is associated with what it is that you should do when you are needing God's wisdom, knowledge, insight. Don't be afraid to ask him. The only difference here is Jesus is using a man who comes in with, you know, an audacity, but also shamelessness with a need and assistance of a friend who needs bread on his journey. So, again, Jesus then informs us of what, Daniel? So I say to you, ask and will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knocking the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. So, what we're going to do also is we're going to take a walk down memory lane, right? It was episode two when I said that God doesn't want religion with you, but instead he wants relationship, right? There's a big difference between the two. I've also said before that when you view your interaction with God, it to be much more personal and relationship worthy then you have to change your approach to God right if you want God to impart wisdom and knowledge onto you you have to be vulnerable in fact you will begin to realize that the more vulnerable you are the more you realize that faith is needed right and if there's faith needed, that means you have to trust God more and more. The reality is this. When you decide to have a relationship with his word, then you begin to get to know him. And guess what? He knows of you because you're attempting to study yourself approved onto him. He sees that. He knows that. He cherishes that. Remember. The important thing is you can't separate God from his word. They are one. That's why Jesus said, I am the father are one, right? Jesus is viewed as the word, right? So we have to understand that they work hand in hand. There is no separation, right? Now, being vulnerable in any relationship means that you have to allow the other person to know you fully, right? In this case, it will be God. So just like you treat any other relationship, right? You have to treat your relationship with God. But there's a difference there. We're going to get into that, right? So when it comes to God, the most important thing that you have to understand is you have to let God to your thoughts, your feelings, your challenges, what you're going through, your weaknesses. Now, I understand it can be scary to show those sides because there's a fear of being judged. Right. And yet the reality is the only way the closeness can happen and be achieved is if you have true intent and if you're intentional. You know, it was in the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, verse five, when it says that God said to him, before I formed you in your womb, in your mother's womb, I knew you and I approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, 
I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Let me read that one more time. In Jeremiah chapter 5, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, When God said to him, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nation. And this is being read out of the Amplified Version. A little bit more detailed and descriptive use of words here. But when I look at this text, I like that if God knows all things and knew Jeremiah, right? That would also mean he knows me. He knows my beginning and he knows my end. He knows your beginning and he knows your ending. Now, I believe that human beings are known to be accepting, supportive, and loving to those who they trust, right? That's usually what needs to happen. It's usually something that happens when things are established and that relationship is built. But you have to understand, in order to develop your relationship with God, you have to be forthcoming, right? The reality is you have the right to be redundant at some points, but you eventually have to be open. What makes your relationship so amazing that amazing is it can be personal. You know, it's your experience with God that you need to develop and you need to figure out what works, right? You also realize that your experience with God might not might not resemble anything you ever had. And that is not having too much expectation or hoping for the best. The reality with something like that is it could be beautiful for so many reasons. Right? Another thing is you have to realize that in order to reach paradise between you and God, it requires you taking the baby steps. Maybe it requires you going all in. Only you will know that. But here's what I would say. You will always have free access to talk with God. Because we've also mentioned that prayer is that opportunity to be vulnerable. It's that opportunity to share your deepest, darkest fears and issues and challenges. Remember, prayer is that opportunity that gives you personal access to have a heart-to-heart conversation with God. It's a chance in which you get to share your thoughts, concerns, dreams, and aspirations. Praying has the effect of improving your thought life and reassuring your faith in God. It's elevating your mind to understandings about what Jesus has done, not what he's trying to do, but what he has already done. It's about letting it flow like a regular conversation like I'm having with you, or a conversation that you're having with a family member or a friend. It's about being comfortable. And the most important memo that you may have or haven't heard, gotten, is there's no judgment. That's right. Come as you are into his presence. The beautiful thing about praying is that you have the opportunity to want to open up to God. You have the free access. And you could do it at any time. It can happen any place, anywhere. 
doesn't have to take place in a church building. It can take place in your car, in the bathroom, your personal space. Wherever you're struggling, wherever you need a peace of mind, rest, focus, God gives you that access. So, when you know what you want, Jesus makes it clear. That's why he tells us again, what, Daniel? Acts, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Exactly. The same way that man in Jesus' parable was unashamed and bold for a friend, we should be the same towards God. You know, in Romans ten eleven, it says, whoever believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him will not be disappointed in his expectations. That's in the Amplified, in the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version. Another translation says, everyone who believes in him will be unashamed. Right? We are told in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, that, Now, little children, believers and dear ones, remain in him with unwavering faith, so that when he appears at his return, we may have perfect confidence and not be ashamed and shrink away from him at his coming. Yeah, so that's in the Amplified version, right? Another translation says, And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him and shame at his coming. Cool. So the next portion of the text is important. So I want us to to actually review it. What does it say, Daniel? Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this is a pretty interesting text here. Any thoughts, Daniel? It's almost like even if you don't do everything right, the things that you are good at, God will reward you for them. That's what it kind of seems like to me. Interesting. Well, what Jesus is saying here is whether or not you know good, right? You know how to be good, right? Whether or not you even know Christ, right? So we can label those that are not saved as unbelievers, can give good gifts with the good that they do know of, right? So a lot of times the reality is there is some sort of moral compass that people have, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that moral compass is, I truly believe that all truth is God's truth. So whether or not people choose to give him all the glory, the honor, and the praise, 
and choose to acknowledge that his wisdom and insight is originally of his. There are some people that operate with just following simple moral thought process, right? To be good on to others as you want to be good on to you, right? To treat others the way you want to be treated, right? The golden rule, respect others, right? The little simple moral things that we live by. Those are elements of good. When we look at different religious systems around the world, we may not believe what they believe, but there are certain elements, certain characteristics, certain laws within their religion that points to the appreciation and love for life. Right? And when we look at this text, what Jesus is saying here is that if you fall under that category, right? We can at least admit that you're not a believer. But with the morality that you have that is good, they know what to do in regards to how to treat someone. So in this regards, then we can assume that they can give good gifts with the good that they do know of. However, what Jesus is saying here is imagine what God is capable of doing when it comes to his children that actually obey him, believe in him, and live out the Christian difference, right? The key point to remember in Luke 11, chapter 5, verse 13, is there's a difference between human standards and expectation and God's standards and expectation. There's a difference, and it will be good to know the difference when it comes to developing and building your relationship with God. So even though there are people out there that don't share your belief system, they still know how to treat one another. There's still a moral compass there that tells them that if someone goes to open the door, it will be generous to hold the door open for them. If someone maybe is at the register and they're a couple of, or they're a couple of pennies or a nickel and dime short, that person will come and make the difference, right? So if people who may not serve the God that you serve knows that it's right and it's, due, that you, it's their due diligence to do right by the person that might need it, imagine what God is capable of doing for us, right? So that's how we should look at that. Now, another aspect needed to help develop your relationship with God is trust. Now let's look at this powerful verse here in Luke chapter 12 verse 22 through 31 and it states Jesus said to his disciples therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or about which your body what it will wear for life is more than food and the body more than clothes consider the ravens do they not sow or reap? They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. For who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life, since you cannot do this very little thing? Why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. 
Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Yeah, good job. So when we look at this text, it tells us not to worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and a body more than clothes. It's all about placing God above all that we think we need. Now, I know that might be hard to reconcile and realize, but placing God above all that we think we need is important because God knows what we need before we even ask him. Before we even ask him, God knows what we need. Trusting God is looking at his very creation and seeing clearly how he has marked his territory and his power over all things, right? That's why in Romans, Paul lets us know in chapter 1, verse 20, that since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his internal power and divine nature, has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And when we look at the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3, it says, By trusting God, we can conclude that by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So I'm going to read that one more time. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So I want us to realize the next time we look at the raven, we should know that God is feeding them. When we look at the wildflowers and their ability to grow, that has a lot to do with God. When we look at the wildflowers, we should understand they do not labor or spin. Why? Because God is taking care of it. God also clothes the grass of the field. And it's all done at his command. When we look at nature and the way it flows, God, who isn't a God of confusion, is responsible for the order of these things. So. To conclude today's lesson, what is your advice for the people out there? Building any relationship requires vulnerability and trust. Without that, you have nothing. Faith is a reason trust. That's why we read the Bible. The Bible is the inspired word about God. By reading his word, you start to build your relationship with him. I know that may sound strange, but it's true. So I'll say it again. By reading his word, 
by reading his word, you start to build your relationship with him. Here's a verse I want to leave with. And it comes out of the book of James, chapter 4, verse 8. Dame, may you do the honor, please? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The phrase draw near means, very simply, to approach or get close to a thing. To draw near to God means, then, to get close to God. If you get close to God, James is saying, God himself will come to be close to you. Very good. So, I just want us to realize that, that in order to build a relationship with God, it's going to take you being vulnerable. It's going to take you trusting. And one of the ways that you trust him is by looking at his creation, looking at nature, looking at what he's done. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it talks about the hall of faith. And each story in the Bible shows you something that has already happened. That's why Paul tells us in the book of Acts that these things were written for your benefit. So if you want any way to show that you want to trust God, then I would say read his story. Read his story about his son. Read his story about the prophets. Read his story. And that is something that you can hang your hat on and begin to trust and pray. Okay? So now we get into devotional time. I'll be reading today's devotion. And this is about finding hope in the Lord. We know that sometimes in life, difficulties are woven into the very fabric of it, and many are designed by God to draw you close to him. He also knows that unrelenting problems can cause you to give up in despair, and that's why he frequently sends relief. In the book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Sometimes you can get by without the whole problem being solved immediately, but we all need a glimmer of hope to know that God is with us and will eventually work things out. So we encourage you to pray and say what it says in Palms, verse chapter 86, verse 17, which says, send me a sign of your favor. Now repeat that one more time. Send me a sign of your favor. This way you can know that God even desires to do good to you. When an unknown promise was discouraged, he prayed, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. God loves you and thinks of you, even when he seems distant. If you pray, not only will he send you a sign of his Savior, but as dawn breaks after a long, dark night, he would send his cavalry charging into rescue. So put your faith in God. Ask him to come into your life. And you will definitely come closer the more you attempt to get closer to him. So I will also pray this out for today.
Our Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you in Jesus' name and say, God, I need help. Please show me you favor me. Show me that you plan to protect me, to bless me, and to give me relief from all of my troubles. We say this in total confidence in you. In Jesus' name we pray, and in your holy name we say, Amen. Amen.